We're so happy that you're here with us today. Now it's time to get started, so please stand and get ready to worship with us. And thank you for joining us here at New Vine. There we are. Well, good morning. Welcome to Vineyard. Well, I'm sorry, New Vine Community Church. I knew I'd do that someday. And <laughs> just welcome. And we're glad you guys are here. And uh, Pat's doing well. We just got the word from his sister, Becky. So Pat's doing good. So thank you guys for praying for him and everything. We've got Aaron back in the tech booth, and I'm up here. We're just playing musical musical team today here a little bit. So I'm going to say a quick prayer, and we'll get on to praise and worship. Uh, Heavenly Father, we just thank you and praise you, Lord, for everything you've done for everybody this week and for all the good healing and everything. And uh, we thank you also for everything you're going to do for us this week as well, Lord. We just love you, and we just want to praise you right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you be free from the burden of sin? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power. Blood of the land. Would you be wider, much wider than snow? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Sin stains are lost in its life giving flow. There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder working power in the blood. Of the land, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the land. Would you do service for Jesus, your King? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you live daily His praises to sing? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Amen.
will bow down and hail you as king.
with truth and justice shines like the sun in all of its brilliance the king of glory the king above all kings this is amazing grace this is unfailing love that you would take my place that you would bear sing for all that you've done for me worthy is the lamb who was slain worthy is the king who conquered the grave Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy, worthy, worthy. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love That you would take my place That you would bear my cross You would lay down your life That I would be set free Oh, Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me turn around and say hi to somebody. Go ahead and pick up one of these forms from the seat back in front of you, fill it out, and drop it in the offering bag as it goes through. Help us feed a needy family for Thanksgiving. As a church, we want to feed 100 families this year, and we can do it for $30 per family. If you want to help, give the money to Chuck, or you can give online. Just choose turkey as the giving type. Thanks for helping us feed families for Thanksgiving. We'll be wrapping gifts for Anthony Wayne School on Monday, November 27th at 4 p.m. Come help us serve our schools. 
Thanks for watching the announcements. If you need any more information, go to our website or pick up a bulletin. Thanks for being here and enjoy the service. How's everyone? Wow. No uh, build an ark, right? Can you hear that? Boy? Man, you guys are all far back. I may just stand down here and talk to you. Got my tea and I got my water. A um, couple things going on. If This last day you can help with Thanksgiving if you want to do that. And um, Saturday, there's a men's breakfast at 8 o'clock. So if you're a man, you're going to come to men's breakfast. We're going to eat quickly. And then we're going to go down and pass out turkeys. So you can come, you can come help me. All right, so dress warm. Um, lady comes to our church. She hadn't been for a while because she's been kind of bedfast. Her name is uh, Reva Franklin. And so she passed away um, this week. So just keep her daughter, Melinda, in prayer and, and her husband, Craig, and the rest of the family. So pray for them. Uh, Pat had his surgery, and they put in a new heart valve. And so uh, he did really well. And so... Uh, Pat's a big guy. You guys know that. I, I went yesterday. They, they put an extension on his bed because his, his feet hang over. So, uh, and he walked all the way around without his walker yesterday. And so anyway, keep him in prayer. He had, he had AFib a little bit afterwards and which is not abnormal, I guess. So, um, so anyway, thanks for praying for him. And, uh, he's getting bored in the hospital. So how's, how's that? Okay. I'm sure he's watching. So hello, Pat, you know, I'm sure he's keeping an eye on all of us, right, Aaron? So that's that's just the deal. Um, let's say a prayer, and uh, we'll take up the offering. So, Lord, just thank you that we can give to you. God, thank you for taking care of Pat. I, I pray for Mrs. Franklin's family that you would just be with them. God, I pray for the Franklin uh, Police Department over the loss of their uh, their dog yesterday, Lord, a real important part of their, their police force, God. And I just uh, pray you uh, bless them, give them comfort, too. Because this, the, the fury was a part of the police force. So God, I pray that you would bless them. In Jesus' name, amen. In the past few years, we've had a banquet, volunteer banquet. We changed the name to a servant banquet. And we, uh, if you're serving a ministry in church, uh, it's like for you guys. And so um, you need to sign up for it. In the, in the cafe after church, go in and sign up and uh, get your ticket. And uh, it'll be a good time. 
Okay. Um, yesterday was Veterans Day. So if you're a veteran, stand up. Come on, stand up. I didn't, during the Vietnam War, I went to Kentucky. So, um, all right. So tell us, uh, what you're in back in the back. Chris. Army. Jim, what were you in? Army. All right. Marines. Army. Army. Air Force. Air Force. Navy. Chris, Air Force. All right. Let's say a prayer for these guys and, and girls. So, Lord, just thank you for our military men and women. Thank you, Lord, for how they serve our country and how we sit here today and, and aren't afraid because we live in freedom. So, Lord Jesus, I ask you to bless them. Bless the ones that are serving today, too. And bless their families. In Jesus' name, amen. So, amen. Thank you, guys. You can be seated. All right. Uh, Liz's dad was a Marine. And... Uh, I have four sons, and when Mark joined the, Mark was a Marine. So when Mark joined the Marines, Liz's dad said, he goes, I think every young man should be a Marine. <laughs> I said, no, you know, I have four sons. But when he was in the service, was it him and his brothers? Liz? Were all of them in the service? Okay, so there was... Yeah, so Liz's dad, there were four of them in the family. All of them were in the service during World War II. All right, so we're doing Thanksgiving. Next Sunday, we'll have a little sheet out there. So we start with Christmas, so uh, that we buy toys for the kids at the free store. And uh, and we handpick families, and we don't have room there. So we set this place up like a store, and families come in. They can pick different items for their kids. So that Liz will have that list out for you next week, Okay. So, um, my granddaughter had surgery this week. She was, she's four years old and she had kidney surgery and that pretty amazing. And, but she's doing well. She came home, was jumping around like nothing wrong with her. But when you're four years old, you can heal like that, right? And then Mark had surgery too because his kidney stone thing. So he's walking a little slowly. So I don't even know if he's here or coming. So who knows? Um, we started a series um, seven weeks ago, uh, What If Jesus Was Serious? And um, <clears throat> and, I, and then the first Sunday I, I said Jesus was serious, but we need to be serious about what Jesus said. So um, let's say a prayer and we'll start, okay? So Lord, just thank you that uh, you love us, uh, that you came for us, and uh, help us to believe what you say. Uh, but help us not just to believe it, help us to live it out by, by, you know, every day, God, that we would do this stuff. Uh, in Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Have you ever formed an opinion about someone and later been totally wrong? You ever made an opinion about someone and you kind of thought, well, they're going to be this way and you were totally wrong? I've done that before, right? And uh, I don't know why we do that. And... um but sometimes we make a judgment or we make an opinion about someone and, and our problem is that we have a vision problem. We, we don't, we can't see clearly, right? And, uh, we don't know what's really going on. So, show you a picture. That's a lady, right? Okay. Alright, I want you to think about this lady just for a second and, um, think about, wonder what she does. There's a lady who used to come to our church um, years ago, 
And I saw our daughter Friday night. My grandson, Wesley, had a birthday party for him at Skateway. And the lady came in. She wears one of, she's one of the referees at the skate place or whatever like that. And uh, her mom used to come to our church. And she passed away a few years ago. But she would come and we do a, a river days or a parade or something, Franklin. She would come and she always was barefooted. And people would see her and, and whatever. But sometimes when we see people like that, certain things go for our head, right? Or not, but but sometimes we, we're not getting used to it now, but but uh, we didn't get used to it, right? Jesus said this in Matthew, do not judge or you'll be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you'll be judged. And with the same measure you use, it'll be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give to dogs what is sacred, and do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you into pieces. Ask, and it will be given you. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you, if a son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything you do to others, so in everything, do to others what you'd have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Amen. If Jesus was serious, we can't love and judge at the same time. Got that? If he was serious, we can't judge at the same time. Jesus said, don't judge, you'll be judged. Everyone knows this passage. People who don't go to church know this passage by heart, right? You, you know, don't judge me, okay? And and uh, the words judge, you know, it, it, he's not talking about uh, making decisions because we couldn't do anything if we didn't make decisions and have discernment. He's not talking about that at all. He, he's talking about judging people. Here's a picture uh of, of that. You, you can't love and judge at the same time. It's impossible to ascribe unsur, unsurpassable worth to others when you're using others to ascribe worth to yourself. We can't do it. We can't love people and, and judge people at the same time. Um, the word judge doesn't mean you can't make decisions about things because you, you do that all the time. The word judge means to set in a place of superiority and condemn others. Okay, it comes from a Greek word in the Greek New Testament. It krinite is the word, and we get the word criticize from that. And some people are just critical of everything. Okay, you ever go on Facebook? You know, people in Franklin are critical of everything. You know, there's the they, they tore down the old high school. Well, people didn't like that because it's been there since 1921, and it should have been a museum, right? And then, and now they built the new high school. And now they're, they're building a parking lot. And, and the, the comments that people make is like, man, they're wasting a lot of cement, you know, and, you know, and everybody, everybody has an opinion, but there's some people, I don't know. Um, I remember my dad had a sermon illustration about, a, this is in the old days. A guy went in the bar and he had a mustache and, and they, I guess they used to have Limburger cheese on, on the bar and peanuts and stuff like that. And the guy got some on his mustache and came out and he says, the whole world stinks. Okay, but uh, it, it was on him. There's some people just like that. They're critical of everything. 
And, and the word crinite means don't, don't be critical and, and don't judge. And, uh, there are people that are always looking down on others. They're, they're always finding everyone's faults. Um, this is the deal. When we condemn others, we're declaring that they don't have any worth. And we're declaring that they don't, they're not valuable to God. Okay? Which is kind of crazy. Um, you can't, you can't do that. Uh, you can't, you can't do that. Um, when we judge other people, we are placing ourselves above them. And Jesus wasn't like that at all. You can't love and judge at the same time. Got that one? Well, this may go fast. You may get to the breakfast part at Frisius soon. I won't judge you. If Jesus was serious, we'll practice self-awareness and not self-righteousness. Okay? Jesus said this, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take this speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. We'll practice self-awareness and not self-righteousness. Here's a picture. I like this picture, and, and I, I, I looked at it closely this morning, and I... I if you have a car, you know, on, on, sometimes on the mirror, your right tire says objects may be closer than what they appear, whatever like this. Warning, your issues are larger than they appear. Okay? You, so you, you got more stuff going on than, than how they appear. And, and uh, Jesus said, how can you take this speck out of your brother's eye when you got a, a log uh, in, in your own eye that, that it doesn't wear? Why is it so easy for us to see other people's faults and difficult to see our own? You know? Why is that? Um, you know the answer. It's because we got something in our eye. We we just can't see our stuff. And sometimes people, sometimes people are critical and and judge other people because they feel guilty about their own stuff, and so they try to throw it on on someone else and and, uh, and bring judgment on them. Uh, Jesus, I think, is calling us to self awareness that we need to pay attention to our own stuff, right? Um, and and you can go you can go off the rail you know he's not saying never you never make judgments because we all make judgments but he's talking about we don't judge people putting ourselves above them and and condemn them because that's the deal and like i said um in jesus day the pharisees they judged from from a place of self-righteousness you know they kept all the rules and stuff like that and they looked down on other people to keep the rules and i've done that before you know i used to be a holy christian a long time ago i know you're surprised uh but I, you know, and, and there are certain things that I did, and then in, in my own mind, I think, well, why don't these other people do those things? Why can't they do those things? You know, I give up this and gave up these different kinds of things, and I thought, well, everyone should do that. And because they didn't do that, I thought there must be something wrong with them. But there was something wrong with me. Because when we think that we're self-righteous, you know, we, we're putting other people down, and, and we got the big log in our eye. All of us have something in our eyes. All of us do. And, and we can't see clearly and we don't know what's going on. Um, so I put this in my notes. I think this is an important thing to do. When we feel the impulse to judge another, instead consider praying, Lord, show me the plank in my own eye. You see something, you get ready to judge someone, just stop and say, Lord, help me to do that. Or Lord, help me to see what's going on in their life. Because we don't know what's going on in their life. Sometimes we make judgments and we don't know the story. And we have no idea what's happened to them or what's going on. You know, we'll judge this person or that person and we'll say, well, what, why don't they just get a job? Why don't they just do this or whatever like that? And we throw out those little statements. 
but we don't have a clue about their background and what's going on in their life. Right? Amen? So I wake you up, make you say amen in church. You almost said that when Jan got done, she said amen, so you're allowed to do that. It means so be it, right? Uh, so we need to pray, Lord, show me the plank in my eye before I start judging other people. Number three, it's only four of these. We are going to get done early. If Jesus was serious, God, God already wants to bless us. He doesn't need convincing. That song was playing during the offering was this scripture exactly. It's what it says. Ask, it'll be given to you. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. The one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Now I'll put a disclaimer in my notes. This is a disclaimer. No is an answer. Got that? I've told you this story before. When Mark was a teenager, he wanted to go someplace, and I said no. And he goes, well, everybody in town's doing it. Everybody's going there. Your kids ever use that one on you? Everybody's doing it. Everybody's going there. And me being the great father, I just didn't say no. I'd, I'd say, well, congratulations, Mark. You're going to be the only one that's not going, and then, which would infuriate him. No is an answer. And sometimes God just says no. Sometimes he says no. Sometimes he says wait. And sometimes he says yes. Okay. Garth Brooks. Heard of him? The old country singer guy who's really good. Liz went to one of his concerts once. And did he fly over the audience? Yeah, he flew over the audience on some whatever. I don't know. I didn't go. I'm not too much of a country person Garth Brooks' old song, Unanswered Prayer. I don't know if you remember this song or not. He talks about, I think in, in the song he talks about seeing his old girlfriend from high school and he's thanking God he didn't hook up with her. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, you ever do that and you go back, oh, thank God I've got out of that one. Uh, but this is the, the words to his song. Remember when you're talking to the man upstairs and just because he doesn't answer doesn't mean he doesn't care because sometimes God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayer. Good, good quote, right? Sometimes God says no. But sometimes, you know, we, we want God to bless us and, and we ask those kinds of things and, and, uh, here's a picture of, of, of that. It's interesting. Uh, people's concept of, of how, how God works and, and a lot of times this is encouraged in modern Christianity. I'll talk about that in a minute. You know, you know, to meet with God, you gotta pay here, you gotta do this and you gotta do all this kind of stuff. And at the bottom, Jesus says, I'm, I'm just right here. You know, we think we have to jump through hoops, uh, to, to get God to do things. Um, Jesus uses earthly fathers as an example. You know? I mean, have you ever given gifts to your children? Yeah? Have you ever given them something that they didn't need? Did you ever give them something, you know, I, in my mind, I always go back to Christmas as a kid. Me and my brother Gary would fight, and mom and dad would say, if you guys aren't good, Santa Claus isn't going to come to see you. You're going to get a bundle of switches. I was a little too young for the, or too old for the coal thing, right? Whatever. Okay. And, uh, we, we tried to be good, but we just didn't make it. But on Christmas morning, Santa Claus brought us stuff, right? It's called grace. You know, you don't have to manipulate God to get him to bless you. 
Now, in Jesus' day, uh, they, they thought if you did all the things right and all this stuff, then you were blessed, okay? And they thought if you were rich and healthy and all that stuff, you were blessed. If you were poor or sick or something like that, you weren't blessed. You must have done something wrong. And And sometimes even preachers today, God bless them, you know, will say if you will do this or that, then, then God's going to bless you. Uh, years ago, uh, when Liz, when Liz and I were dating, I was a youth pastor in Hamilton, and there was a guy from Cincinnati who had a tent revival in Hamilton. And so I'm a crazy youth director, so I took the teenagers to the tent revival. It was crazy. Uh, they had a bouncer that walked around the room, around the tent. If you laughed or anything like that, he would throw you out. You know, and then the preacher manipulated people and did kind of crazy things and, and all that. And, and, uh, uh, and then he sent this thing in the mail and it was like a horn of plenty thing that you get like in at Thanksgiving. And then he said, if you will send money back to him, then you're going to get all these blessings from that, you know, and, uh, I never sent money back. I just challenged him through a letter <laughs> and told him, I, I said, either you've been deceived, or you're deceiving people and, and all that. And then I was going to go back on a Saturday night, but I had a dream that I went and the, and the bouncer killed me. And, 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 uh, because I was going to stand up and confront the guy because he was doing all kinds of crazy things and Liz wouldn't let me go. She goes, I don't want you to go get killed by the bouncer. But, uh, sometimes preachers manipulate people, you know, and they'll, they'll say, if you send this in, Mark talked about last week, you know, if you send this in, you know, God's going to bless you. But if you see those guys, they're like flying around in a jet and they, they're the ones who get blessed because, and my grandmother did that, like, Oh, man, my grandmother uh, used to send money into this one guy, and when she died, I preached a funeral from her Bible, and it was an, an Oral Roberts Bible. And God bless Oral Roberts. He was a nice guy. But, but I, I, I said, I, Mamaw, I said, I didn't really like Oral Roberts that much, but my Mamaw must have paid three or $4,000 for this Bible. Okay? And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the service with her Bible. Sometimes preachers manipulate people, you know, and, and, uh, and, and this is the deal. They're thinking that you have to do this and this and this, and then God will bless you. Right? What did you do to get born? Ah, nothing. How hard did you work to get saved? How hard did you work to become a Christian? Anybody grew up in the Baptist church? For by grace are you saved through faith, that not yourselves. It is the what? Gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's a gift. Sometimes people think if I do this and this and this, then this God is going to bless me. And Jesus says, no, that's, that's not how it goes. You, you don't manipulate God. Jesus says it, um, like this. Okay. Um, just ask, just seek, just knock, just like a child. My kids had no problem when they were little asking for something and they didn't get fancy and say, Oh, magnificent father, you know, you know, the, the, the head of whatever, they just said, dad, I want this or that, right? And sometimes I said no. And sometimes I just gave them, and sometimes I just gave them stuff. I, I, uh, one year after Christmas, there was a, a, a sale and, and, uh, and I came home with a ski, with ski boards. What, what are those things? Snowboards. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and I bought them after Christmas and just came home and gave them to the kids and for no reason. Has God ever blessed you like for no reason? Have you ever been bad and got blessed anyway? You know what I'm saying? The Pharisees thought you have to do this and this and this to get manipulate God to bless you. And Jesus says, no. Ask, seek, and knock. Okay? And uh, you don't have to do that. 
Jesus says just, just, to, just to do that. I put this back to the no thing. When the Lord says no to our desires, it's because he loves us too much to say yes. Does that make sense? Now, that sounds crazy. But, I mean, you, you said that to your own children. Something is not good for them or whatever like that, and you know what's best for them, and you say no because you love them, right? He wants to offer something better, for, far more valuable than what we ask for. Okay, you know what it is? This is it. He offers us himself. Remember the Apostle Paul going through some stuff, and he says, Lord, do this, remove this, and the Lord says, my grace is sufficient for you. God has something that's really good. It's him. It's his presence. It's his love. It's his care. Uh, he loves us with an everlasting love. The Bible tells us that's pretty true, right? And then Jesus goes on. And uh, the fourth thing, if, if he were serious, then merely tolerating those who are different isn't enough. Jesus said this, so in everything you do, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. This is a golden rule, right? It's, it's a golden rule. Um, there we go, right? I don't know if I have that up next or not. Do I? Yeah. There's a picture of the golden rule. There's a silver rule, the golden rule, platinum rule, love, and all those things. Okay? It's the golden rule. You learned that as a kid. Eastern religions... Uh, like Jainism, Buddhism, Hinduism, they have a practice called ahimsa. And it means to do no harm, to cause no injury to any living creature. Um, they, they won't kill an insect. They won't, you know, do different kinds of things. And, and that's a good thing. Some people call that the silver rule. Uh, but Jesus came along and, and offered something way better. Um, he tells us to take the initiative and be proactive and do something good for someone else. Don't wait. To, to not respond because, and those things, the, those, those things are good because they teach nonviolence. I, I read a th- thing about Jainism and, and how they're, it's a popular religion in India and, uh, totally nonviolent and, and all those kinds of things. And that's, that's, that's good. We should be that way. But Jesus comes along and says, don't wait to respond. You take the initiative and you do something good for someone else that, that you would want done to you. Does that make sense? It's different. Uh, he, he flipped it. Dallas Willard, as a, as a scholar said this, the golden rule is devoted to the good, to the good in the lives of those around us. And this reaches far beyond the mere absence of harm. It aspires toward a remarkable richness in their lives, not simply the alleviation of their suffering. The golden rule is that we do stuff, that we do what, what we would want done to us, that we, that we do that, uh, um, that we, that we're to make a difference in, in other people's lives. Um, Jesus said this, um, so in everything you do, do to others what you'd have them do to you. And, and the deal is this, we, we, we do more than tolerate people. We love people. Uh, we care about people. Uh, we demonstrate God's love to people. We do things, like I'll do things for people. And, and the, one of the things is, why are you doing this? And another thing is this, you don't have to do this. Sometimes I'll do things and say, you don't have to do that. And I'll say, you know, I know I don't have to do that, but I want to do that. Does that make sense? And why do you want to do that? Because Jesus has done stuff for me. And so I want to live this way because that's how I live as a follower of Jesus, that I take the initiative to do things for people. Make sense? 
we went a few weeks ago, we went away and we went to this restaurant and a, a lady came up to us to our wait, wait, waitress and, and I started to give her a tip and all of a sudden she, if I have one in my pocket or not, she, she reaches in her little, little, uh, waitress thing and she pulls out my card. Cause I'd been there before and I'd done something for her. And the little card, we have them back there, you can get them, I use them. Jesus says, love your neighbor. This is what we're trying to do. We hope this small act of kindness brings some light in your day. It's a simple way of saying God loves you, no strings attached. Let us know if we can do more, be of more assistance. God bless you. We take the initiative as followers of Jesus. We don't wait, you know, uh, just to react to people. We, we take the initiative. We love and we serve and we demonstrate. We do more than tolerate. We demonstrate what God's all about. Got that? Mark always says, I'm done, but I'm not done. So back to this lady, Nadia, her name is Nadia. What do you think? What do you think of, you know, what do you think about it first? What did you think of this woman? You saw these tattoos and you saw this stuff. Nadia Bowles Weber is an ordained Lutheran pastor. She's the founder of the house. Her church is called the house for all sinners and saints church. It's in Denver, Colorado. And if you saw her on the street, you'd think, well, I don't, you know, I don't know. Sometimes we see people and we think different things about them and we're totally wrong. So why does all this matter? Well, this is what, why it matters. People need to be loved and accepted, period. They're not going to know about God. They're not going to know about Jesus unless you show them, unless you tell them. The old saying is that you're the only Bible that people are going to read. They're not going to pick this book up. They have issues with this book probably or issues with the church, but you're a living witness of what God's done in your life, and you can demonstrate that to other people. People need to be loved and accepted, and that's what we need to do because Jesus loved and accepted people. So, as followers of Jesus, we're to do the same thing. So two questions. What's God saying to me? And what am I going to do about it? So let's just bow our heads for a second. In Romans 5, 8, there's a scripture that says, uh, God demonstrated his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God knew all of our stuff and he came and loved us and died in our, so we could have that relationship with him. So let's just pray. Lord, thank you for your love and mercy and your grace and speak to our hearts.
Amen. Uh, have one of these, take it out and open it up. We do this every week to remember what Jesus did and to be reminded of who we are, that we're a part of this family. We were born into this family. Jesus said, unless you're born again, you'll not see the kingdom of heaven. So we come to that place that we decide to become a follower of Jesus. And the Bible says it's a spiritual birth. And we become a part of a forever family. And so this is a family meal. It's a sacred meal. I'm reading another book right now. And the guy says... uh that communion is like a time machine. Jesus, when he did the Last Supper with the disciples, he says, I'm not going to do this again until we do this in the kingdom, in heaven. So the guy says in this book that it's, the communion is like a time machine, that you remember, you go back in time because you're remembering what Jesus did, and one day we'll be doing this with him in heaven. And so, anyway, I just thought that was a cool thought. We always say the Lord's Prayer to remind us and center our hearts. So let's say this prayer together. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After supper, it says he took the cup and he says, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. The apostle Paul said in Corinthians, as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we're proclaiming the Lord's death until he returns. We're remembering what Jesus did and we're reminded what we're to do to tell people about him. Amen. So I'll stand. Grab somebody's hand beside you if you want to. If you don't want to, don't. Remember things coming up this week. Um, we, there may be a funeral here for Mrs. Franklin. I don't know when they go to the funeral home today, like at 12. So I'll, we'll find out about that. So I'll let you guys know that help do with all that stuff. Okay. Keep her family in prayer. Keep Melinda in prayer uh, and her husband, Craig. Um, again, pray for the Franklin Police Force. Okay, uh, there, there, there was a crazy high-speed chase. A person was going down the wrong way on River Street, going about 80 miles an hour. And the police got involved, and then there was a crash, and the, the police dog was killed. And the policemen were injured. They're okay. Uh, but anyway, he was an important part of the force. So, right? So let's just say a prayer. So, God, uh, thank you for your love and mercy. Thank you that you didn't judge us. You judged your son on the cross in our place so we could have that relationship with you. So God, help us just to live this stuff out every day to demonstrate your love to people. Help us to be proactive, Lord, to do to other people what we want done for us. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Bless you.